Being a mom has been my biggest challenge and being a mom in the golf space is really hard because I want so much to keep my career going and I want so much to be able to, to work, but the golf world and the golf job, being on, on a lesson tee eight to 10 hours a day, six days a week, doesn't work in my world. So that's where golf experiences for her came. It came out of this need and this want to be able to keep my career going and keep the love of teaching and the love of these other passions that I want to incorporate, but keep being a really great mom and putting my family first. So that's been at the forefront of all of this. My secret sauce is, yes, I like that it's me. I'm the one that's there, that's overseeing the whole day, that's really giving the women the extra attention and, and love that they need that day. But I show them why their golf swing looks this way and that it's okay. I give them permission to be able to move that way. And it's amazing, light bulbs go off. When I'm able to show them the difference between the two and just make a couple adjustments, their golf ball goes up and you should see them. They're jumping and clapping and it is so exciting to see that happen. And in such a short period of time, that makes me feel so good and it makes them feel good, which is most important. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks for joining us. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on either iTunes or our show page on www.mod.golf so that you'll never miss the latest engaging story with my amazing guests. If you'd like to receive a monthly newsletter, please sign up on the Mod Golf Podcast website to receive the latest news relating to the innovative future of golf. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Gia Boker-Liebsky, who is the founder of Golf Experiences for Her. Gia is an LPGA professional with over 20 years of teaching experience and has been noted by Golf Digest as one of the best young teachers in America. Gia is currently the teaching professional at Hamilton Farm Golf Club in Gladstone, New Jersey, and her instruction has been featured on numerous publications. Having also traveled the world as host of two separate golf and lifestyle television programs, Gia has a unique perspective on golf and the lifestyle that surrounds it. Hey, Gia, thanks so much for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Hey, Colin. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Good to talk to you again. So, hey, I'm going to start with this. So a couple of weeks ago, you and I were going to get on our recording interview session here, but a potential school closing due to a large snowfall warning kind of threw a wrench into that. You having three young children. So I want to start with that. So you scrambling to juggle your home and professional and entrepreneurial life. What is that like? Why don't we start with that before we dig down into your past here? Yeah, it's a bit of a shit show. Can I say that? <laughs> Can I say that? Is that okay? Absolutely. You uh, just did. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. So I have a almost six-year-old twins and a little uh, three-and-a-half-year-old little girl and a great husband, and I'm busy. But uh, yes, the the snowstorm, We I was like scrambling. I was like, oh, no, I wanted to get in touch with you and and let you know that there would be no silence in my house whatsoever to be able to to get this call done with you. So I, uh, you were cool enough to be able to change the, the date and we worked it out. But yeah, it's busy here for sure. <laughs> it is. Well, we're certainly going to talk about that today on the podcast. And on this episode, we're going to continue our recurring theme of women-led businesses in the golf industry. And we've talked about this quite a bit over the last six months and had some, some fantastic interviews. And a lot of them have been early stage companies that are larger and have some growth, kind of medium-sized businesses, if you will. But one thing I wanted to talk about with you, there's a term, I don't know if you've heard this one, Gia, is called being a mompreneur, mm. which is defined as a female business owner who is actively balancing the role of mom and the role of entrepreneur. So it sounds to me, the little I know about you so far is that you certainly fit that category. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I'm definitely a mompreneur. It's funny. I have a bunch of girlfriends locally that are also have these little small businesses on the side that they're starting up and, and getting involved in and following their passions now that they have their families up and going. And it's fun. And it's fun to work together. I think we're uh, we're feeding off of each other a little bit and getting help from where we can from each other, getting good ideas. And with the whole you know, social media aspect of things just so blown up right now, it's great to be able to help each other along the way. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And the fact you have a small business, and I just did a little research on this. In the US, there are over 28 million small businesses compared to 18,500 large companies. Mm. The golf industry also is driven and fueled by small businesses, including your own in this $84 billion a year industry. So the fact there's thousands and thousands of small businesses like yours, those are the ones that really drive the future of golf because you can be agile and nimble and you can try different things. So starting with that, let's go back in time here. So let's dive into your story here, Gia. Tell us a bit about yourself, both personally and professionally, and then share with us the first time you ever hit a golf ball, your first golf experience. Oh, I could probably start there if you want me to. I Go for it, yeah. I wasn't a country club kid. My family didn't really play golf growing up. My dad had dabbled in it a little bit with business, but I played a lot of sports growing up, was an athlete, was planning on playing basketball in college. So I thought pretty much whatever sport I picked up, I, you know, I was a competitive gymnast until I was 13. If I tried something, I was pretty decent at it. So I thought, okay, well, how hard can golf be? My parents had a home in Florida that we would visit. And my dad said, you know, why don't we go for a golf lesson? Why don't we go give it a shot? And my brother and I said, yes, my sister wasn't interested. So we went to the golf course and it was in LaBelle, Florida, which is a small little town just near Fort Myers. Took me to the golf course and nice British gentleman gave me my first golf lesson. Trying to hit the golf ball was was a lot. It was overwhelming. It was frustrating. I walked away and looked at my dad and was like, I don't know if this is for me. Usually being good at the sports I was playing, it was humbling. So um, I went back the next day, took another lesson, worked with the gentleman and the movement wasn't bad, good body movement. So that made sense, no fundamentals whatsoever. And he helped me along the way. And after a few lessons, my brother and I Again, the guy was like, you could be able to play this. And it's funny because I did not like it, wasn't interested, but he got me hitting the ball a little bit and he took me from there. This pro, was his name was Gary Keating. He's still a pro down in Florida and I worked with him for a number of years, but he basically got me into college playing golf with no experience starting at 15. Wow. So it was pretty interesting. So the first time you pick up a golf club was at 15 yeah. years old then. Okay. So yeah, so a little bit about me. Yeah, I ended up playing golf in college. Took my first golf job at 17 at a club nearby so that I could practice during the summer. Got into college. I have no idea how playing golf. I would played some junior events. I barely knew the rules. I was kind of following the girls around. I really just was doing it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing it and learned along the way, which is a very scary thing to do when you're playing golf and getting introduced to the game. So again, I picked it up, followed the girls, figured it out, worked through the summers, started learning more and more. And I was always working at different golf clubs. Uh, I spent some time in New Jersey at one golf club in particular. Where where the pros would work with me. I would work doing everything from filling divots to cleaning golf carts. I would pull golf carts at 5 a.m. I pretty much have worked every job you can work on a golf course all through my college career, working in the golf shop, retail, you name it at a golf course, I've probably done it. 
And then after college, I decided to turn pro. It was either go to school to become a broadcaster, I have a degree in journalism, or turn pro and start teaching, which I found while I was doing all those golf jobs that that was more communication and working with people was more kind of my bag. I think that was more the direction I wanted to go in at the time. Yeah. Right, right. So before we get into what you've created with golf experiences for her, yeah. taking a step back again to your early days and your first lessons and all those experiences that led up to where you are now, did you find that as a woman that golf was not overly welcoming or inviting? We see what We Are Golf has done with the invite her hashtag campaign mm-hmm. to invite women out and make them feel more welcome. Did you find when you were growing up that that was also a barrier for you that you had to push through and saw other women struggling with that also? I think I was so young at the time. I really didn't pay attention to, I just did you know, what my parents told me to do. I did. I was a, you know, I was a rule follower. So go take a golf lesson. I took a golf lesson. Go work on your basketball game. Go work on your basketball game. So I didn't, not that I didn't, wasn't aware of the outside world, but I was living in a little bubble. I went to a prep school, was definitely in this bubble. And you know, once I got into college and, and started working at these golf clubs, I started seeing it faster. I started seeing how the husbands would go and they they play 36 holes a day or they'd spend a lot of time away, away from the family and, and stay at these golf clubs where the, the ladies really weren't there. And then I start to think, okay, well, why aren't the women coming to the golf clubs? Are they Do they not want to play golf? So yes, I, I started questioning it more and more as I started getting a little bit older. And obviously, as I started working at different golf clubs in my 20s and 30s, I really started to see that there was a lot of different reasons why these women weren't coming out. So Gia, you mentioned that you were a rule follower, but early on, you didn't know the rules of golf. I want to hear what you think about with the new rules of golf. Do you have any thoughts or opinions on that as far as how that will hopefully welcome more people to the game by simplifying some of the rules for amateurs and recreational players? Yeah, for sure. I think the simplification of the rules and just making it quicker, you don't, you can pick up your ball a little faster. You don't have to be looking so long. They're like all the different, especially the, the putting green rules that are changing. I do. I think it's just going to make it a little bit easier for everyone to, to get out there and not worry so much about the rules. A lot of times when I'm working with newer players or even my mid handicappers, it's, you know, I'll get them doing things and playing rounds of golf where they're not necessarily following rules. They're not keeping score, but they're, they're training in a way where they're teeing the ball up here or doing certain things, moving the ball and, and working around the golf course, which I think improves your golf game. But yeah, I do. I really do believe that the USGA has done a great job and the RNA. I think they're really moving forward and changing the way that we see the game. And, and you know, I'm hoping too that these golf courses are going to get shorter for certain people and obviously staying longer for others. I like seeing the change. I like. I want to see the golf courses change. I love that the designers are really putting so much thought into it that they're changing sizes of holes for little kids to go and play with their families where the, the, the holes are giant, where the kids can't miss it, which is so cool. And that makes them feel really good about what they're doing. And I think that's the whole point. It definitely is to make the game more fun, more welcoming. And we've used this analogy before that, let's say for skiing or snowboarding, that you have a bunny hill or you have a green run, then a blue run, then a black diamond and a double black diamond. And and maybe you'll never be on a black diamond. Maybe you just don't have that confidence or that experience or ability to do that. In a way, golf, kind of comparing that, standing on the first tee for the first time is kind of like a black diamond experience where it's frightening. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hurt yourself like you will on a ski hill, mind you. But having that ability to onboard, to make that, how can we put it, to actually have that gateway. Yes. Whether the holes are shorter and as you put the cups are bigger and it just makes it quicker also to play and then just more fun and more enjoyable as you learn. And then as you get better, if get through that funnel and not get crushed by having a terrible negative experience, you keep coming out and playing some more. 
Yeah, for sure. The, the 10 to 15 to 20 yards of difference that a, in a tea box isn't really doing much for people. Changing things drastically where you're, you're putting teas in the middle of the fairway. And again, I love golf courses. I love the beauty of them. I love topography of them. I love so many things. I love bunkering. Like I love so many things about golf courses, but they've got to be not necessarily made easier, but they've got to change to change with the flow right now. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, let's switch back to what the essence of the Mod Golf podcast is, and that is to talk to entrepreneurs and innovators. Now, this is all great stuff we've been touching on here, but so, hey, I want to hear, because I love to hear these stories. So yourself as an entrepreneur, I've seen what you've done with your career working in broadcast and a couple of TV shows that you've helped produce and you've been on. So I'd love to hear about that. But I do want to hear about January 2016, when you took that entrepreneurial leap that aha moment that gave you the courage and the business opportunity validation to take that scary leap into entrepreneurship with golf experiences for her. So tell us a bit about that, please. So I think that being an entrepreneur is probably my blood. My father was self-employed. My brother is a venture capitalist entrepreneur, and my sister is a private investigator, has her own business. So I think it's kind of in my blood for sure. And I've always had that mindset. I'm not a business person, but I think in a business way. I'm more of a creative. So starting a business was very scary for me. The golf experiences for her, the idea of it was really formed right after I was shooting a show in like 2007, 2008. The idea of it where I was incorporating lifestyle with golf, with not simplifying instruction, but making it make sense for that person with other things. I think it was all coming together then, but with starting a family and getting married and working a, a golf job, all those things took precedent. So golf experiences for her, yes, launched in January of 2016 with the framework of wanting to create really special days for women, right. totally customizable based on the, the clientele or the membership where they get me for the day. They get my expertise. They get my passion for all these lifestyle components that I love and they get each other. So women are social creatures, as you know, and they love to be around other women. It makes them more comfortable. It makes them more confident. You know, this is the majority, I would say this isn't your outliers. I know there's a lot of women that would go to the golf course on their own, pick up some golf clubs and just go ahead and whack away. But there's a large group of women that mm -hmm. are intimidated by that. So these days are really meant for those women. And then also those business women that are wanting to accept those invitations. They want to go play. Some of their uh, colleagues go out on a, a Monday outing or get invited to some great club on a Friday. And they're always leaving the office and they're getting these great invites. And my days, hopefully these golf experiences, hopefully break down and give them enough information about the golf game and their golf swing to be able to accept the next invitation. Right. So with golf experiences for her, just to give us a snapshot of the business, is it just you by yourself or do you have a business partner? Do you have anybody else that works with you to make the magic happen? Yeah, for sure. So right now it's, I host the day and I do all the golf instruction. I'm working, I do some of the lifestyle portions of it as well. I have other lifestyle experts that I've brought in for example, a sommelier I work with who's wonderful and a stylist who comes in and gives the women some awesome tips on what's cool for the season and what, what everybody's wearing. But I have a great woman who comes in and runs the events for the day. So I started doing them by myself originally, but then realized that I couldn't focus enough on the women and not be concerned about the F&B, about the food and beverage portion of it and making sure all those little details are perfect. I love flowers and I love, I love um, beautiful food and making the day very specific and female friendly 
women love all of those little details and I couldn't nail them all by myself without giving enough attention to the women. So my focus was them. So I was able to get this other woman. Her name is Dina. She's wonderful. She comes in and she helps work with the F&B on that end and make sure everything is just perfect. I work with a lot of startups in the golf industry and also outside of the golf industry. And one of the things I always tell people, tell starting entrepreneurs, like, what is your secret sauce? What is your differentiator? And I've had other women on the podcast before that have similar experiences in in business models as yours, but I really see this secret sauce is the fact that you are a teaching professional. The other businesses don't have that overlay. They have to outsource that or bring that element in fact that you have that in this term that you're probably familiar with Sandy Cross with the PJ of America. Mm-hmm. She uses this term that in order to be it, you need to see it. So I'm, I'm sure that helps tremendously for your business there, Gia, that people see you as a professional teaching directly rather than bringing someone else in. That must really help your business. Yeah. You know, I really lucked out when I got through college and decided that I wanted to, to be a teacher. I sought out the best teachers and try to get hired and, and work with them so I could learn got hooked up with Mike Adams over 15 years ago, and he's one of the best instructors, golf brains around. And I've been, not I want to say a thorn in his side, but a little bird on his shoulder for many, many years. And I've learned the best ways to get people to move the way that they're meant to move. So my secret sauce, and I love I love that you said that, is yes, I like that it's me. I'm the one that that's there, that's overseeing the whole day, that's really giving the, the women the extra attention and, and love that they need that day. But I do a body assessment assessment and I I show them and talk to them about why their body moves this way. And again, my numbers are small. I keep it below 10 women per event, but I show them why their golf swing looks this way and that it's okay. I give them permission to be able to move that way. And it's amazing. Light bulbs go off. If Mrs. Smith's body, if she's you know a broad chested, shorter, stockier woman, there's certain things are going to have to happen in her golf swing. And her golf swing is not going to look like Mrs. Jones that's 5'10 with these long arms. And so when I'm able to show them the difference between the two and then give them permission to be able to move and just make a couple adjustments fundamentally and do some nice things, their golf ball goes up and you should see them. They're jumping and clapping and it is excitement. It is so exciting to see that happen. And in such a short period of time, that makes me feel so good and it makes them feel good, which is most important. Must be incredibly rewarding for that. Makes it all worthwhile. One thing I love about what you're doing here, and why I really wanted to shine the light on you this week on the Mod Golf Podcast, is as an entrepreneur, you're not necessarily looking to scale up a business so that it's in every single city or it's global. And I talk to entrepreneurs about this all the time. They get stressed out. It's like, well, I'm doing something that's just it's just local, and that's called use the word lifestyle. But they call that in the startup world, you are a lifestyle business as compared to one that's going to scale up. And there is nothing wrong with that at all. The fact that you're keeping the small quality over quantity, it sounds like. And it's something now that can build this out. You can have a very nice career and a very healthy living off of this, just doing it the way that you're doing it and building up your business that way. So I'm assuming that's the plan in the future also is just to keep this going as as a lifestyle business? Yes, I definitely think I'm a lifestyle business. I'm going to grow it in a little little different way. I'm, I'm getting involved with blogging soon and I have a golf and lifestyle blog. Maybe I'll touch on that a little bit in a few minutes. 
right now, golf experiences for her, it is, it's palatable for me. It's something that I'm kind of molding and it's growing and changing and evolving right now, which I'm thrilled about. I'm getting it to make more and more sense for me and my lifestyle. And I'm getting it better and better for golf clubs and, and corporations. So the golf experiences right now, I host at Hamilton Farm. And then I also go to other golf clubs. So I go to other golf clubs and I show their members a great day. So basically what I'm hoping is that golf experiences for her will grow slowly and it makes it more palatable for me to be able to create these special days. I host them at Hamilton Farm and then I also go to other golf clubs and work with the golf professional staff at their clubs and create these special days for their membership. Or if a, a golf club is looking to invite potential new members, they could bring me in for the day and I can showcase their golf club as well. So there's a lot of different ways that I can work with the events. And I'm also doing some travel stuff and have a couple days that I could take some women away, giving them like a two or three day golf experience where they can get away for a little bit. So you mentioned that you're looking in the future to start doing a blog. You have such great experience here as a thought leader in this space. I'm very curious. I'm not going to tell you what to do business-wise here, but it seems like with your background in journalism, with what you've done in front of the camera already, you've got that confidence and you're very polished and have that experience. It seems to me that it might make sense to actually start some type of either a YouTube channel or maybe with Instagram TV to start to put content out there and grow your audience that way besides the other things that you're doing. Is that something in the future that might be of interest for golf experiences for her? Yeah, for sure. You're so funny. You're cute. <laughs> I Yes, I definitely want to. I think it's hard. I think I think it's scary. And I, I'm, I'm going to put this out there. I think it's scary to put yourself out there. You know, I, yes, I have all this golf experience. And I have passion for cooking and lifestyle and, and fashion. And, and I want to share it. I want to share it with women. That's my goal is to help them grow and get them comfortable being on and off the golf course. It's not for everyone. There's only so much time that we have to, to be at a golf course. You right. know, so I try to give them the most bang for their buck kind of deal. I want to really get them there and give them so many great things for the day that they take care of themselves and they really enjoy themselves for the day. But yes, I definitely want to get a YouTube channel going, but I do. I've been working on a blog forever in between when I'm chasing around the kids and working at night and just a little bit here and there, but I am. I'm hoping to get it up within the next week or two. And it is, it's a golf and lifestyle blog and it'll incorporate a lot of things, uh, including my golf experiences for her. That'll be on the blog uh, with instruction and beauty and wellness, a little bit of fitness. I love to work out and I love to share with my friends what I'm doing and, and what I'm cooking. And, and this is a way for me to do that. So I definitely hope that there's going to be a chance for me to shoot some more stuff for, I mean, like you said, the, the IGTV stuff is awesome, what they're doing on Instagram. And I do the best I can right now with my Instagram account. And in between, you'll, you'll hear, I'll do Instagram stories and you'll hear my kids grabbing me in the background while I'm doing something or the cartoons going or, but doing the best I can right now. But yes, it's slowly growing and I'm excited to do some more things in the future. Well, I think all your Instagram posts there, you should keep your kids in there because that, that's, <laughs> seriously, that helps define who you are as far as, man, as a mompreneur of what you're actually doing. Yeah. That resonates with millions and millions of women that are also doing the exact same thing or being superheroes every single day, trying to juggle the complexities of modern life. And you are certainly emblematic of that without question. Yeah, it's it's definitely, a, being a mom has been my biggest challenge and being a mom in the golf space is really hard because I want so much 
much to keep my career going and I want so much to be able to to work. But the golf world and the, that golf job being on, on a lesson tee eight to 10 hours a day, six days a week doesn't work in my world. So that's where golf experiences for her came. It came out of this need and this want to be able to keep my career going and keep the love of teaching and the love of these other passions that I want to incorporate, but keep being a really great mom and putting my family first. So that's been at the forefront of all of this. You just encapsulated your purpose and your why for creating golf experiences for her right there. You nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So I want to talk about this. We look at the future of golf and golf trends, things that are emerging and help to, I don't even use the term grow the game anymore. I like to use terms like progress the game and evolve the game. And you're doing this in the sense that you are unlocking new underserved markets and women, of course, is the biggest one of all that the golf industry has that opportunity of leveraging and tapping into here. So talking about golf trends, and you mentioned this yourself that you love to work out with fitness and health benefits of what golf provides, just even walking an 18-hole course. How do you integrate that into what you do with the messaging you have with golf experiences for her? Yeah, being outside, it goes for the moms that are working at home or taking care of the family or the women that are in the offices that are busting their butt doing that, like getting them outside, getting them moving. Everybody's down with their hands on their their iPhones and their and their computers and the necks are down and their, and their posture's changing and putting that away and getting them to a golf course, even if it's for one day a week or once every every couple weeks and getting them to have good posture, getting them to, to do certain things, walking a golf course, moving, pivoting, swinging, stretching, all of those things are so important in our everyday lives and we're, we're not doing it and we're not doing it enough. Right. It's, it's really important for me. When I get my workout in, I do, I feel like I can, I can go. I, you know, it's go time after that. And if I don't get the workout in, I just, I don't feel the same way. And working out can mean many different things to many different people, and I respect that. But going to a golf course and walking or getting to a golf course and just moving, swinging, it could really make a difference. It could make you feel really good. And just being outside. Some days I'm at the golf course and I just look and it's a beautiful day and there's birds chirping and there's freshly cut grass. I'm thinking, wow, I'm like, this is really nice. It feels really good to be here. Well, it is a multi-sensory experience just getting outside there. And it actually is a, just like working out is, it is a, an endorphin rush and a nice little dopamine hit there also, just getting out there. And it, yeah, it clears your mind and it makes all the other aspects of your life just become richer. And I fully embrace that also myself, which is why after this, I need to go to the gym because I need to get my energy level up here. <laughs> <laughs> get your butt, move it. Let's go. Let's get you get you moving. There we go. No, I do. The golf experience for her days when I have these women come to me, I, I do. I have mimosas and I have beautiful, healthy food that we have. And and I do a working breakfast on the lesson tea. So they come to me and I get them right on the lesson tea. We're eating and we're talking and I'm getting to know them and I get to know their headspace. And I really spend a good half hour before we even start working together. And this is after I send them a pre-event questionnaire where I I learn more about their body and their goals for the day and, and where their golf game is. So I have a little bit of information about them, but I spend quality time with them, getting them comfortable and getting them to get a sense of the environment and just to relax. And then that gets them so comfortable that when I do get them swinging a golf club, get them thinking about something, learning something new, they're open, they're aware, they're ready to do it. So I think that's a really cool way to move things forward, like you said before. And I think a lot of people can do this at different golf clubs. And I'm hoping to inspire other golf instructors to be able to to do this for the women at their golf club. But I think it's a really great way to get more women out to the golf clubs and get them comfortable on the golf course. 
Got it. I wanted to ask you this, because you talked a little bit about this, but when women first come to you and they fill out a questionnaire, I'm, I'm very interested to hear with your business. How do you actually find clients? How are they onboarded? Is it word of mouth or what? I'm sure it's, it varies, but but typically, how do most women find golf experiences for her? Yeah, so I market to my membership, of course, and some of my members bring their friends. I use Facebook and Instagram, and I've been very, very blessed. I've made some really good friends in the golf business over the years. So I've kind of hit up a bunch of my PGA, LPGA professionals in the area and they've embraced me and they brought me on board. Let's give it a shot, Gia. Like, come for the day. And it's great because everybody that I've gone to the first year, first season I was in business, a couple of the clubs that I went to, they booked for the next year. Their ladies, they were able to fill the schools. So again, because it's such a small number of women, it's only one instructor and I'm only one person. So I keep them usually anywhere from six to 10 women in an event, which is special. They fill the school and I set everything up. I work with their F&B and, and then I show up for the day. So that's working with my friends with the PGA and LPGA has been great. I'm, again, learning. It's growing. It's not a huge business. So I do a, a, as many golf experiences as I can a year, a season. And I'm hoping to grow. Last year, I, I almost doubled my numbers this year. So I'm, I'm slowly, slowly getting busier. But I do. I, I hope more professionals will embrace me and embrace the idea of bringing guest instructors in. I think it gives a lot of thought to your membership. It definitely helps grow your membership. It gives options for potential new members or upgrades. I think there's a lot of things that you could do to be able to make it appealing to a membership. So I'm hoping that they'll give me a shot and bring me in. Sounds like partnerships and collaboration is definitely on your radar. And as you scale this to the scale of the level you want to, that is certainly a way to go. Maybe maybe make it more of a, a richer experience and more diverse experience rather than, let's say, a, a larger one, for lack of a better term. Yeah. For sure. These are upscale events, for sure. The women get beautiful gifts. They get beautiful food and wine. It's definitely not show up at the golf course and hit a few balls and here's a glass of wine. These are really well thought out. They're tablecloths and cloth napkins and notebooks and name tags. And it, everything is very, very well done. But working, like you said, partnerships and collaborations, if they have a female on their staff, I would love to work with them. I would love to share what I'm doing. I would love to be able to not teach them necessarily, but show them really great ways that they can serve their membership and make their members want to spend more time at their golf club. It's important to me. And um, I hope to be able to help in any way I can. So curating these very thoughtful and rich experiences that cover all the experiential touch points across the, the journey of that day. Sounds like that is something that you curate and take great pride in. Yeah, they're like my babies right now. You know, not my baby babies, but I am. <laughs> it's funny. I'll get in the car after a golf experience for her. I'll, I'll sit and I'll, I'll think to myself, wow, that was a really special day. And it makes me feel good. And I think that's everybody wants to feel good with what they're doing for work. And there are days that I'm frustrated with my kids or I'm frustrated that I can't be at the golf club because I have to be mommy and I only have a certain amount of time and I can't do certain things. But these days, the women walk away feeling great. I get really nice notes afterwards. And then I walk away thinking, okay, that was a, a day well spent. That was really, really fun. And that's what it's all about. We talked earlier about your secret sauce, which just revealed itself here also, is is you're very much like some of these artisanal businesses and the small batch, whether it's a craft brewery or chocolate or honey or whatever that is. I think it's fair to say you're, uh, you take that approach also, that it's these very finely crafted and curated small batch events. I think that's what's missing, what's being offered at a lot of golf clubs. And I don't mean to take away from what everybody's doing out there. Things get stale, especially if you have the same staff 
there's ways to upgrade them, make them better, change them, put a little bit more care. I got invited. I was really, really nice of the New Jersey PGA invited me a few months back to talk to their their membership about ways that they can create special days for their ladies at their golf clubs. And ideas like you give a golf lesson to somebody, you write a thank you note, put it in their locker afterwards. Like it takes two seconds. You can have a cute little card, right? Mrs. Smith loves seeing you. Can't wait to see you on the range. Put it in their locker. Like there's little things you can do to make women feel good. Again, respectfully, they might not be getting a lot of attention at home. You give them a little note, say, I'm going to hook you up with a a great woman like at at the next clinic come it's tuesday at 10 a.m they'll take notice of that think about when women go shopping they go into bloomingdale's and they find a, a woman at a beauty counter and she pays attention to them she shows them exactly what they need or what they want and she helps them that makes them feel comfortable guess where they're going next time they need that red lipstick they're gonna go to that woman so sorry, <laughs> it's important. It really is important. There's so many little things. I agree. And that, that <laughs> level of customer experience is now more important than ever. And it's amazing how some organizations and some businesses still don't get that. And you understand from our conversation here, Zia, that the experience economy, and you are part of that experience economy, is expanding exponentially. And that's where the real opportunities are, not only in golf, but just in business in general. And you're certainly tapping into that. So keep going. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to try. Yeah, I know it sounds like you are tried. It's, and I hear it in your voice. You've got that entrepreneurial thing like I have that you just want to make stuff happen and, and you realize you've got to be patient and you've got to balance and reconcile and take a deep breath. It's like, I got to be patient, yeah. but I want to do this stuff. So, and I know that's a battle that I have to deal with every single day. And it sounds like, it sounds like you do also. You're making me feel good though. Yeah, it's nice to have that commonality with other people and it's sometimes you just need to hear it. Yeah. Just want to keep you here for a couple more questions before I let you run off here and and do the other things you need to do in your busy life. Yeah. Could you tell us a story? I love telling stories myself. I love hearing stories. Could you give a client success story, a certain moment in time, some inflection point that was heightened that sticks in your mind here? Is there something that comes to mind that you can share with us? A client story. Hmm. Um, Oh, actually, I do have one. Okay, so this is last summer. One of my members' daughter was visiting town. She's, um, I would say, late 30s, early 40s. She was visiting her family, and her son was doing a camp nearby. Her father said, you know, why don't you go take some golf lessons? You know, Gia's at the club. And so he sent her over, and she was this really, really nice woman hadn't played a lot of golf. We spent an hour together. We chatted. A lot of times it's, I interview, obviously do a great interview at the beginning of a lesson, learn about the person that I'm working with and customize the lesson for that individual. And she, you know, she just wanted some quality time with somebody and wanted a little bit of information. So we really connected and it was great. So the next day she came back, another golf lesson. And I said to her, I said, why don't we, why don't we have you come next week? I have a golf experience that I'm doing at the club. It's a really nice day. I said, I'm going to make a spot for you. I have an opening. And she came and she had a wonderful time. And it was a, I believe it was a six hour experience, golf instruction in the morning. We had a beautiful lunch, uh, three course seasonal lunch. Uh, In the afternoon I hosted and I, we did a uh, cooking segment that I actually did personally. And that night she wrote me a note. She wrote me an email and she said that it was one of the best days she's had in a long time and one of the, the nicest things that she's done for herself in a very long time. 
And it made me feel really good. So she got the golf portion because she was performing beautifully and she was hitting the ball nicely. And I got her understanding how to get her body moving well. But she'd been so focused on work and so focused on all these outside things that were going on that she hadn't really done anything nice for herself. It made me feel so good that she was so pleased with the day and she really, really enjoyed herself. I was very touched by it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I did put you on the spot there and you uh, you nailed that one. There. It's okay. There you go. Good job. So you know, what, that makes it all worthwhile right there. Just part of your purpose and your why. Yes, obviously we all need to make a living here, but stories like that will certainly get you out of bed in the morning and keep going with what you're doing with golf experiences for her without question. So, hey, while we finish up here, Gio, I want to ask you as an entrepreneur, a lot of our listeners are mod golfers, as we like to call them. Our listeners are also entrepreneurs and, or even what we call pre-startup, they're thinking about entrepreneurship and they really want to get into it. But they also, like you mentioned, and I've experienced this also, to get that courage to start yep. is hard. <laughs> kind of like you, with your blog post, sometimes you just got to do it and uh, yes. and you will be doing that. I'll be watching you. But joking aside, that takes a lot of courage to take that leap. So is there any entrepreneurial advice you can give to our listeners here that you can fall back on with your experience? Yeah, I definitely would say there's a lot of times in my career, I'll say that I, especially 20 years ago, being a female in the golf industry, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would say, put your big girl pants on and just go like walk in the room, make that phone call, do what you need to do. And there needs to be a no fear, no matter what you're doing entrepreneurially, you have to recognize that everybody's gone through those steps of being scared to do it. And you just have to push through that and get yourself out of a, a comfortable place and just make that first step. And I do think that coaches are really important. If you know someone that can help you along the way, if you know somebody that keep learning and keep getting information from those people, because they're going to help push you. I actually have a friend, she started a golf a retail company online. And she said to me, she goes, I want to start this community. I want to do certain things. And she's the one that gave me that extra little push I needed. I was telling her what I wanted to do. And she's like, do it, just, just do it. And whether you have it perfect, again, my blog, it's not, it's not perfect, but it's never going to be perfect. It's ever changing and it can change. So you just got to do it and then tweak it and then tweak it some more and then get information from a good person and then go back and change it again. Like it's okay. I'm still learning it. I'm still working on that. I love hearing myself say all of this because I'm <laughs> gearing myself up to like get this blog launched and I just have to recognize that it's okay. You know, you can do it. You just got to push yourself, put your big girl pants on put your big boy pants on and just go. Oh, there's some great advice, some great nuggets of wisdom there that you passed along. And I, I think the mentorship piece and, and being inspired by other people and, and ask for help is so important and to get that courage to start something. And your other point there, and Mark Zuckerberg has used this one too, the line is that perfect is the enemy of done. That You just need to ship it. It's never going to be perfect. Believe me, I go back and listen to the very first podcast I did more than 50 episodes ago and more than a year and a half ago. And I kind of cringed to listen to myself. <laughs> but if I didn't cringe, if I would have went, wow, that's, that's fantastic. That would have meant one of two things, either I still suck and I never improved <laughs> or it means that I waited way too long to try to make this thing in my mind perfect before I actually launched the thing. So the fact I do cringe when I listen to the first one makes me smile and makes me realize, yep, I did it at the right time. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's great advice that you offered there. 
So thanks for that. So, hey, as we finish up here, Gia, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you? Tell them about your website, where you are on social media, and <clears throat> where they're going to find your blog post when it comes out. Oh, you're so cute. Yes. Uh, okay. So I am on Instagram at try with Gia. So it's all about trying, getting yourself out there. So I am definitely uh, pushing a try with Gia hashtag because I really want people to, to do good things. So um, Instagram, try with Gia. Facebook, I'm at just Gia Bokrelevsky, L-I-W-S-K-I. My golf experiences for her website is, as you say, what do you say, triple W? Triple W, golfexperiencesforher.com. But that will be pushed to the Try With Gia blog that will be launching soon. It'll be on there where I'll be able to share golf instruction and lifestyle, fitness, beauty, wellness, and share some really cool stuff with everyone. Good stuff. And as I always do in the show notes and also in your guest bio page, I will include all those links. So our listeners do not have to furiously write all those down. They will all be there. So I will provide all those links to make it as easy as possible for them to have, as you do with golf experiences for her, create a frictionless experience. So (laughs) I will do my best to uh, emulate what you do on the show notes. Thank you. So there we go. So, hey, Gia Boker-Levsky, founder of Golf Experiences for Her. Thank you so much for being my guest today on the Mod Golf Podcast. This has been an amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed this. And what makes me happy, I've learned at least one new thing as I go. So I appreciate that from you. So, hey, thanks so much. And I hope to talk to you very soon. Great spending time. Have a good day. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Golf Experiences for Her founder, Gia Bokerlevsky, about her personal transformation from PGA teaching professional to golf industry entrepreneur. If you'd like to learn more, check out Gia's website at golfexperiencesforher.com or go to our episode show page where you'll find images and links relating to this story. Are you a woman with an entrepreneurial idea but are overwhelmed and intimidated by where to start? There are plenty of great resources for pre-startup women-led businesses, and an organization called CHEO is a great place to connect for support, tools, and inspiration. I recommend going to CHEO.world to learn more. That's S-H-E-E-O.world. I've also included the CHEO website link in the episode show notes. I'd like to extend my gratitude and thanks to our sponsor partners, Fairway IQ, British Columbia Golf, and Nextlinks for helping make the Mod Golf podcast happen. Without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these stories from the golf industry's brightest innovators and influencers. Please join me next time when I sit down with Dale Jackson, who is on the USGA RNA's Joint Rules Committee, which is the group responsible for rewriting the rules of golf. Dale pulls back the curtain to shine some light on the five-year process of research, refinement, and decisions that led to the creation of the new rules of golf. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more of our innovation stories on previous episodes at www.mod.golf or search Mod Golf Podcast on iTunes. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show while you're there. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now. <laughs>